the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. Little station business this week, Santa Clara basketball game, Saturday, 7 p.m. versus Portland, will be carried on 8.60 a.m. The Answer, instead of KDOW, because we've got some scheduling conflicts. Speaking of scheduling conflicts, we have a big event coming up. Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, Palo Alto, January 11. We are hitting record highs across the board, whether it's small cap, whether it's large cap. It's pretty nice to see. It's pretty nice to feel, but... It's the first time in a while where we said, everything looks great right now. Whereas we used to overcome challenges. Now we're saying like, hey, look, it's smooth sailing. CFP, Chad Burton, does that concern you at all that the market has had a change of sentiment recently that it's going to be a good year? We know it. Whereas last year we went in going, we don't know what the hell's going to happen on the market. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> which is a little bit funny because I guess if uh, you make your prediction and then the opposite could happen, right? So I, I think that Everybody knows that we're we had a, an economy that's doing really well, a global economy, in fact, and now we have a tax cut um, for most people, except you know certain a lot of people in California, of course, or Oregon, or some of the other states. But um, we, we're going to get a turbocharge to this economy, and then we got jobless claims that are not jobless claims, but new jobs that were kind of like that. Okay, yeah, the Fed's probably only going to raise three times this year, maybe four. Um, so it does look pretty good. So we've got a big event coming up at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge on the 11th Thursday, 6.30 to 8.30. It's an event tied towards income and retirement, but we're also going to go over a lot of tax laws. I'm going to go over some market predictions, some stock ideas, things along those lines. People could sign up at newfocusfinancial.com and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Last year, the Department of Labor fiduciary rule was big news, good or bad for investors. What's the status? Because it seems like there's a lot of deregulation going on. Well, yeah, and this was... uh the DOL Department of Labor fiduciary rule was basically looking at the fact that retirees are getting creamed on so many fronts, and one of the things that they're trying to stop from happening is basically insurance salesmen and brokers that work on commission from selling people with their 401k rollovers horrible annuity products. Annuity products that sound great with, oh, you get guaranteed this, guaranteed that, but the internal fees are 3.5% plus. And the commissions these guys were making were 7 to 12%. So the Department of Labor came in and said, look, retirees can't be subject to this. Um, we're way behind the times. We've got England and Australia and all these other countries that make it a requirement for people that are in my business to say that they have to put the client first. They have to. They can't sell them garbage commission-based products. They have to be a fiduciary and charge a reasonable fee for the services. So that was what the Department of Labor was trying to do. And um, But the problem is, is that the insurance companies and brokerages have huge lobbyists. So all that was delayed, Rob, was the implementation of certain things that stop insurance agents from doing it without giant disclosures. 
um, and making people sign these things. So the, the Department of Labor fiduciary rule is a good thing for consumers, but it was delayed, and it was delayed not for people like me that are already a fiduciary in our company, but for insurance agents. So, um, you know, when you start reading about this stuff, uh, and you feel like writing your congressman, so, you know, push it through. Now this SEC is probably going to try to do it. So it's just the point that people really need to ask who they're working with, how do you get paid, and are, you, are there any conflicts of interest? Can I tell you that's a little unreasonable? I know it sounds clean and crisp and educated, Chad, but there's a company here in the Bay Area that buys time on a sports channel, and the audience is pretty uneducated, and the guy is pretty unethical. And he kind of pressures people into rolling over their 401k into a, a big annuity. And all he has to do is one of those a week. And he pays for his whole radio show on a 50,000-watt station that basically goes from Oregon to Mexico. Um, it's that kind of a blowtorch of a signal. And I, I think asking someone, do you have any fiduciary issues or do you have any conflicts of interest? They're going to go, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you kind of thing. You know, they're going to they're gonna talk their way out of it, Right. Right. And, and, well, there's even certain ways around the law where they can say, okay, I am a fiduciary when it comes to investments, but they can do this hat-switching thing, right. and all of a sudden say, okay, I've now switched hats. I'm now an insurance agent, so now I'm going to advise you on your insurance. And then they're earning a commission there. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, there's too many ways to get around the law. That's why you do have to ask those questions. I mean, this company it makes so much money on people doing 401k rollovers. They buy times... They buy like spotlights on like radio on um, baseball, like that's that's a lot of money. Those those hits are like five thousand dollars for thirty second mentions. Just yeah, so you know, because these there now there's some decent no load annuities out there, but what they're selling yeah, yeah, yeah. is these loaded annuities that have three and a half percent internal charges. So the only way you win is if you live till one hundred and twenty, because your your spouse and your heirs are going to get about zero because of the high fees. I don't want to run out of time, so let me push forward. Um, retirement income strategies, estate planning seminar, January 11th, Thursday. Um, that's this Thursday. Um, you can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use code radio25 to get in for free. A lot of information there. What are some of the major retirement challenges going into 2018, Chad? Because things are looking good right now. All signals go. Right. Well, it's some of the same issues as the last several years. It's low interest rates. Um, the low end of the curve is going up, um, but the long end of the curve isn't. So, in other words, you know, longer-term bonds are still paying nothing, essentially. Um, so, that's an issue for retirees. And healthcare, that's another big issue because people that were retiring early at least had a, a way that they know they could get on some healthcare before age 65 when Medicare pulls in. But even on Medicare, we recently had a, um, somebody that was turning 65, and they were having a big trouble because their current plan covered this Humira product, but if they were to go on Medicare, the initial proposal, it would have been $4,000 a month, Rob. Wow. So they had to really do some research to find ways to get on the right Medicare plan. It was a full-time job for a couple of months. Do you know um, how- and then retur- returns just being pulled forward in the market, too. I mean, everybody is saying, okay, things are going to be really well all year, so returns are getting pulled forward right now. You may laugh at this, but this is how much I dread paperwork and how much I dread healthcare paperwork and insurance paperwork. When it's time for me to go, I just hope it's one massive heart attack and I'm done. Like, I don't want to file paperwork for drugs and Humira and cancer, and I don't want to get reimbursements for treatments. And ugh. Does that tell you how much the average person hates the healthcare system, Chad? Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And it's tough, especially when 
you know, we have a company with employees in different states and how that all works. It's, it, it, it's confusing and it's very expensive. Your retirement, your healthcare agent told me, I need to quit the plan. She said, it's, it's not working for you. They lost the insurance paperwork. We put it in a claim for like 20 visits um, and they lost it. And she said, you need to tell Chad, this isn't working. You need a new company. That's how bad it is. When the company tells you that they shouldn't be representing you. But anyway, we move forward. Let's say a retiree has some extra cash. Should they invest in stocks right now? Should they pay off their, their mortgage? Uh, or should they invest in positive cash flow rental property that may or may not give them a tax break, of, uh, depending on how people interpret the new tax law? Um, you know, if, they, if they're way underweight in stocks, maybe invest in stocks. Um, One you've got to really look at the situation. If they already have too much in stocks, then it's an issue of looking at paying down the mortgage. Which once that happens, that's kind of you're done, right? It, it's tougher to get the money back out of the house. Yep. Um, so it really depends on the portfolio. You got to have a plan. But it, we used to say never pay off the house. Now, because of the way taxes work in California, especially, it might be the right thing to do in your situation, especially if it helps you sleep at night. It might not be the best thing to do with the dollar, but if it helps you sleep at night, then then consider it. I use a little shot of whiskey to help me sleep at night. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. You can meet him in person Thursday, the 11th. The event is a retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar. You can sign up at New Focus Financial. It's January 11th, 630 to 830, newfocusfinancial.com. There's a lot of downloadables on income and retirement, and you can use the code radio25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. For lack of a better word or phrase, Michael Douglas once said in the movie Wall Street, greed is good. Greed is good. That's awesome. <laughs> I can hear it in my head. It's so good. You need to be reasonable when you start feeling greedy. Uh, there's two things that absolutely, two emotions you do not want to bring to the market. Greed and fear. And hope. Three. Can't be fearful. Can't be greedy. And you can't sit there and say, I hope it goes higher because I need it to. The Dow hitting records. It's pretty nice. It feels good. Is it good? On some levels. Um, it's a reflection of the economy. Let's see. What am I doing wrong on my sign-in? That's not it. Um, so one of the areas that we pay a ton of attention to is the interest rates and the yield that you get. Um I bring this up in large part because if you can get a good return in a U.S. Treasury, why not? But you can't get really a good return in a U.S. Treasury at this point in time. Therefore, you need to go find something else where you can put your money. Ten-year Treasury sits at 2.45%. The ten-year Treasury is tied towards mortgage rates. It's tied towards loans. It's tied towards a lot of things. But if you want it to park money in a ten-year Treasury for 10 years, you'll get 2.45% right now. And inflation runs between 2 to 4% on average. Last couple of years, that's not the case. But that's safety, right? 2.45%. U.S. government pays their debts, or we print money and pay our debts. I think that's how it kind of works. We saw the job gains disappoint unemployment at 17-year low. Ooh. So 
our government says we don't really have to pay big returns if the labor market's doing great. If it's weak, if it's great, we pay attention to labor. We pay attention to interest rates. We pay attention to gold. We're now paying attention to Bitcoin. Um, last year, no one was really paying attention to the stock market, and it creeped out a 25% gain. The December jobs report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics showed non-farm payrolls grew by 148,000. Unemployment rate stayed at about 4.1%. Unemployment rate is currently at the lowest level since December 2000. November's jobs increase was also revised higher to 252,000. Wages were another focus of the report, which showed average hourly earnings rising three-tenths of a percent over last month and 2.5% over the prior year. So again, inflation somewhere between 2 to 4%. Wage inflation, 2.5% in the last year. Not bad. Not great. It's kind of a Goldilocksian thing to say here. The relative lack of wage growth in the economy has been a surprise to many economists given the low level of unemployment. Friday's report continues this trend of wage growth that is decent but not accelerating, as some have expected. You're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. This is a lot of our economy, which plays into our spending, which plays into our businesses, which plays into capitalism, which plays into the stock market. A lot of our economy, it has to be Goldilocksian. You don't want too much inflation. Do I want wage inflation? Yes. Do I want you to have wage inflation? No. Um, Personally, I'm saying that because if I have wage inflation, I'm going to have more money. But if you're the guy who's making my hamburger, you get wage inflation. The owner is eventually going to say, you know what? I want to continue to maintain my style of life. And instead of increasing my cost two and a half, my cost of labor two and a half percent, I'm going to pass on my cost of goods to you, the consumer who's eating the said hamburger. I'd like a hamburger today. and I'll gladly pay for it on Thursday. Um... So that's out there. That's in the news. So I want you to be reasonable, and I don't want you to be too greedy. So yesterday, we had a party. Dow 25,000. There. It's over. Done. I'm expecting Dow 50,000 in about 7.2 years, because that's what the market does. It doubles every 7.2 years. Why are stocks rallying? Some would have you believe that it's because the strong ADP employment report, to which I say, ridiculous. The ADP is good for trying to play payroll guessing games, but it isn't generally thought to be a market-moving piece of data. So for those of who you who celebrate it like it's 1999, um, you could celebrate what this market is compared to the 1964 stock market. If you were not fully invested back then, the S&P 500 closed at 1963. Um, closed 1963 to new closing high, and it opened 1964 with six consecutive days of new closing highs. It just rocked and rolled. So... Will we get five days? I don't care. That's stuff that you don't, you know, you don't want to bet on and you don't want to, you know, wager per se, even in your head. You just want to be reasonable. I'm still 10 years from retirement. Am I going to look at my 401k today and feel good about myself? Yeah. Am I going to look at my investments and feel good about myself? Absolutely. But then it'll be out of my head almost immediately. And I'll say, what can I do to get good returns this year? Because last year and today, when it's over, it's in the rearview mirror. And I think you want to continue to think of how do you beat the market? And one area that I think you beat the market on is banks. If the economy is good, if auto sales are good, and auto sales were okay yesterday. A lot of people were disappointed that they didn't hit records. And we're going to replace cars every year, 15 million of them, just automatically. So how many cars do we entice people to buy that don't have to replace them? The number is somewhere between 1 and 3 million. 
So when we get 3 million, it gets pretty hot and sexy. Now, again, see how there's no right answers and it's very Goldilocksian. If you, if you do it and it's too hot, you're going to burn your tongue. If you buy a car when it's too hot and they're selling 18 million, there's going to be no incentives because they know that they're flying off a lot. If you buy a car when a year, when it's going to be like 15 and a half, 16 million, barely get into that 16 million mark, you're going to get a lot more discounts. So that's the cold side. Somewhere in the middle, 16 and a half, 17 million. With tax cuts now in reality, there's a blue sky scenario, which remains intact. Banks benefiting from the pickup in economic growth should add to loan growth. That's one of the areas that it's been kind of tricky. Their margins are improving with the higher interest rates. The interest rates moves. But their margins are moving better. But their loan growth, people are a little re- hesitant to take on loans. Um, I have an outperform in my head because I'm not... Uh, you know, doing, I'm not publishing research for a living, but in my head, Bank of America, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, Citigroup. I even like Wells Fargo. I own shares of Wells Fargo. Yeah, the company that ripped off people, the company that opened up zombie accounts. Yep, that's me. Big event, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, Palo Alto, January 11th from 6.30 to 8.30. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. That's radio. 25 to get in for free at newfocusfinancial.com. This week, Santa Clara basketball game, Saturday, 7 o'clock against Portland, will be carried on 860 AM, The Answer. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. This week's Santa Clara basketball game, Saturday, 7 p.m. versus Portland, will be carried on 860. The AM, the answer, instead of KDOW. little housekeeping work done there. We are the station that carries the Barracuda and the station that carries Santa Clara basketball. So we've got to let you know where our programming can be found. The group that I work with, Salem Media, also has another station, 860 AM, the answer. Um, on top of AM 1220 KDOW and KFAX. So, that's right, Jack. That's right, Jack. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Movie theaters are losing their battle to avoid the retail apocalypse at this point in time. That's changed a lot, right? I remember going to movie theaters as a kid, and there'd typically be two theaters, two movies showing at, at the theaters, right? And then you got into multiplexes. And then movies got more and more expensive. And more and more expensive. And now to this point where you can get a whole month of HBO or you can get a one movie. And you get a movie on a date and that's going to send you back if you're the guy who's paying. Which, do we still live in that age? I think we do. That's going to send you back 60 bucks. Average price of a movie ticket has jumped 53%. That's inflation. You know how I keep talking about inflation? Have your wages jumped 53% from 2002? If they have, then you've been keeping up with the cost of movies, and you're like, no big deal. Fewer people go to the movies, and overall ticket sales have flattened. It appears to be a losing battle right now to get Americans to go out uh, to brick-and-mortar movie theaters. I I just can't stand going to a movie theater anymore. I'll do it if, like, week two or week three, when the crowds thin enormously... Um, but jacking up ticket prices, is it helpful in a time like this? Star Wars Last Jedi became the highest grossing film of 2017 with 58.1 million tickets sold, and thus 517 million ticket sales so far. 
Last Jedi was released on December 15th and grossed $220 million that weekend, making it the movie with the biggest weekend of the year. So Disney had a great year. Top film was The Last Jedi. Beauty and the Beast was number two, Disney. Wonder Woman came in for Warner Brothers at $413 million. But back to Disney with Guardians of the Galaxy. Spider-Man for Sony came in at number five. Warner Brothers It pulled in $325 million. Thor Ragnarok, Disney, pulled in $311 million. Despicable Me 3, not a very good movie. Not a very good movie. That's for Universal. They're adorable. Number of actual tickets sold in the U.S. movie theaters in 2017. Number of actual tickets, not price increases. Number of actual tickets fell 3.6%. Um, have you seen MoviePass? MoviePass is a pretty neat little thing. For $10 a month, you can basically go to as many movies as you want if your movie theater has participated in the, in the promotion. And the company has to lose money hand over fist, right? But it's a way of getting people into your theater, and you make the money off the popcorn. And you also make the money off the ticket of your movie theater, because what you're, they're doing is they're giving the MoviePass user a credit card, essentially. Um, they buy the card, they buy the ticket, it gets charged the card, and then the company MoviePass reimburses the theater. Now, they're hoping down the road to get some sort of subscription service going, and that will bring people back to the movie theaters. And I don't know. I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there for you. So Elon Musk once pitched to Donald Trump SpaceX's mission to colonize other planets. Whether you like it or not, this planet ends poorly. We go hurling into the sun at some point in time. We got to get off this planet. I'm with Elon Musk on that one. He sought to pique Donald Trump's interest in space colonization shortly after he was elected. He has previously asserted that people need to leave Earth in order to preserve humanity. He was one of several tech titans who courted Trump early on. Which is a very good thing. Which is a very, very good thing. So should we be spending money to get off the planet? I kind of think we should. Apple just shared some staggering statistics. Whoops. Can't step on Star Trek. Space. Final Frontier. These are the continuing voyages of the starship Oprah Winfrey. Apple announced some new app statistics. It revealed for the first time that over half a billion iPhone and iPad users visit the App Store every week. That ain't bad. So Apple doesn't necessarily create all the apps in the App Store, and there's a lot of them. They get a cut somewhere between 15 and 30% of the transactions that you do. 15% of it's going to be like a Netflix. 30% of it's going to be like a, a Rob Black 99-cent uh, MP3 player or whatever it is, my radius. My podcast is on iTunes, if you go and download Rob Black. I think it's 99 cents. I don't get any of that, or I've never seen a check for that. that for a dollar. That's horrible. 300 million in purchases on January 1st, 2018. And again, they get a big piece of that action. 890 million in purchases over the week starting December 24th, a week that also saw a record number of customers downloading apps. The iOS developers were paid $26.5 billion in 2017. That's seventy. If that's seventy percent of Apple's take, an estimated if you look at it, Apple Store grossed for Apple thirty-seven point eight billion dollars, and the App Store isn't exactly staffed with employees. They don't exactly have to pay rent. Apple's payout to developers was thirty percent more year over year. Two thousand apps are using Apple's augmented reality software, ARKit. 
which I have the iPhone 10 and the augmented reality portion of it is pretty lame. The emojis that you see the commercial for again and again and again and again, the singing poop, the singing robot, n- nothing to shake a stick at. Since 2008, Apple's paid developers $86 billion. If you do the math on again, pulling roughly 30% of that, it tells you Apple's got some pretty good margins going there. Swinging for the fence, so to speak. Swinging for the fence. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Earlier in the show, I was talking a little bit about, you know, um, financials and how there's some names that I do like big banks, big returns, 2018. I think that still continues to be the story. Now, again, are we talking 50% returns? Probably not. We're talking 12 to 20, uh, maybe a little bit more. Things get a little frothy, but if you don't like bank of America, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley city group or Wells Fargo, maybe you like the financial select spiders, uh, ETF, XLF, XLF. You don't have to be like me and be a stock jockey. Stock jockey. I'm Kevin Klein. I'm a stock jockey. Stock talk with Rob Black. 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 Do it! Um, one of the worst actors of our time, Tom Cruise. Are you with me? Are you with me? Call me the money! Google and Apple are still pretty much so cheap. Tech had a great year in 2017. The mega cap fang stocks, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Alphabet, Google, saw big gains as well. If you take a look at some of these names, Apple, I think they're going to have their corporate meeting February 13th, where they'll probably announce a dividend hike, Um, a dividend, one-time dividend, maybe if they're repatriating some of their cash. I'm speculating at this point in time. Maybe they'll announce the bigger share buyback or accelerated share buyback. So February 13th is the day that I've got circled on Apple for my next actionable moment. If you examine a cohort of mega cap enterprise tech suppliers like Microsoft and Oracle and SAP, you see a lot of rotation, more conservative tech exposure over the past several quarters. There's a tech select sector spider ETF, ticker symbol XLK, that I want you to take a look at because I think tech in general is pretty nice. Um, so as far as the sector goes, I like banks for 2018. I like tech for 2018, but, um, be intelligible is my advice. If you want to learn more about investing in my outlook, come to the retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar in Palo Alto, January 11th. It is a great event for you and you and you, um, you can sign up for it, uh, retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar. At newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code radio25 to get in free O charge at 6 30 to 8 Thursday the 11th. This Thursday the 11th, transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to income. Um, you accumulate wealth your whole life. Now you're starting to think, I don't want to work till the day I die. That's big, a big theme of mine because I saw my dad work till the day he died. And I don't want to work till the day I die. Um, and some of my friends are like, Rob, when are you going to start enjoying your money? So. You're going to see some lifestyle changes in me. So it's going to happen because I don't want to work till the day I die. And with that being said, oh, my heart, my heart. <laughs> wouldn't, that, wouldn't that suck? So Live 105 was branded a rock station in the Bay Area for 30 years. 30 years they were known as Live 105, and they've now changed to Alt 105. Say what? 
30 years of branding. You know, I do a show called Rob Black and Your Money. That's my brand. Rob Black and Your Money. Rob Black and Your Money. Blah, 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 blah. Branding's pretty important. When you think about Apple, when you think about Microsoft, doesn't the image of the company come to you? Don't you know what they are? Like with Microsoft, you may think, you know, that funny logo that's on the computer start page. Or with Apple, you may think what the Apple logo looks like at the store or on the back of your phone or on your car window. I'm Roberto Negro, Senior Roberto Negro. Then a little Peter Gabriel taking us to break. Don't forget to sign up for this seminar at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code radio25 to get in L free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I know I shouldn't do this, but if Cher were to sing this song, it would sound something like, oh, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, way down below, I say. You will I, never, ever, ever have a career in I hate Cher. Man, there's some things that just make me angry, and I just realized I hate Cher. Sonny was okay. Until he took a skiing lesson and went wrong. Oh, baby, way down below. Oh, Robert, I think you just killed my favorite song of all time. I hate Cher. What else do I hate? I hate Celine Dion. She's the greatest singer of all time, according to her. Oh, if I could turn back, I must say, I say... This is an image you cannot get out of your head. Sharing a thong, singing to sailors on a boat. And this isn't Cher, like 25-year-old Cher, like hippie Cher, like free love Cher. This is grandmother Cher. Wow, 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 wow. I must say, I don't know why I did the things I did. Anyway, that's enough Cher pitch for now. Oh, the things I do to enter- enter- entertain you. <laughs> and trust me, someone's going to send me an email. Please don't do Cher impressions anymore. I really like Cher, and I think you're particularly picking on her. Yes, I will get emails That's along those lines. That's not even funny. That's my man, Barack Obama. So, I appreciate that. You know what's kind of interesting about the whole Steve Bannon thing? Steve Bannon and Donald Trump fight that started the year. Fight, 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 fight! Remember in high school when there was a fight, everyone would start screaming fight, and everyone would like, create a huge circle? Wow. No one would try to break it up. No one would try to break it up. So anyway, Trump's offensive explosion after Steve Bannon, it could actually it could actually make Trump a lot more conservative because Bannon was way, way, way right. And it could pull the presidency back towards moderate. I'm not saying it well. But, but all my life I've heard that decisions are much different when you sit behind the desk in the Oval Office. In other words, when you're president of the United States. Now, one of my favorite things as a child was swimming. I had an abusive alcoholic father. He was mentally abusive, not physically. Um, he would actually batter us, but he would never fry us. So he would batter us, but never fry us. So one of the areas that I was totally happy at was swimming, riding a bicycle, playing football. And I was just playing Nerf football. Like I, w- I wasn't manly enough to play tackle football. Uh uh-uh. One area that I like to swim is the ocean. There's nothing better than being in Mexico and, and getting out in the water, Costa Rica, getting out of the water and just like treading water. And it feels nice, right? If everybody had I enjoy Pismo. I enjoy San Diego. I enjoy Hawaiian waters enormously. 
One area that I don't like to swim in is debt. Have you heard the theory swimming in debt? Global debt levels hit an unprecedented level in the third quarter of 2017. So our economies are doing great, but we're financing our economies with a lot of debt. This is caution. And you should note, like if you take a look at the Canadian real estate market, a takeoff, you hoser, it's starting to fracture a little bit and show signs of weakness. Oddly enough, Canadians are at record levels of debt. Record debt could burden global central banks from tightening monetary conditions in the coming months. Global debt soared to a record $233 trillion. $233 trillion. Take off, you hosers. That's an increase of $16.5 trillion from the end of 2016, or up 8%. Now, remember how we talked about inflationary numbers? A little bit's okay. A lot's horrible. You want something just right? Like 2% inflation's a little bit too weak. 4% is a little bit too hot. 3% just right. Now, again, that's overall inflation. Wage inflation's different. There's different types of inflation, right? So adding inflation at 8%, adding debt at 8% levels, it's rapid. It reflects record highs for private non-financial sector debt in Canada, France, Hong Kong, Korea, Switzerland, and Turkey. One of the big side effects of this is the massive debt burden uh, that will create a reluctance from central banks to tighten lending conditions. You know, when we do issue record amounts of debt, it's better to do it 1% or 2% than it is to do it 4%, 5%. High debt levels could limit the pace and scale of policy tightening, with central banks proceeding cautiously in an effort to support growth. you got to outgrow your debt, and we're not going to outgrow our debt in the United States. Don't, don't be naive. We had, you know, I can remember one period in time where we had surpluses, and a lot of Republicans and Democrats will fight over it. It was during the Clinton era, and it was during the internet boom, where, holy shnikes, we just created a whole new industry, and a lot of money flowed into it. A combination of factors, including synchronized above potential global growth. You got a little bit of rise in inflation in China and Turkey. That worries me for China. You get efforts to prevent a stabilizing buildup of debt in China and Canada that all have contributed to decline. So China, at some point in time, is going to have to admit they don't have a real economy. They've got a state-sponsored debt-controlled economy. And again, there will be hell to pay. Please, please do not forget that this week's this week in Santa Clara basketball game, Saturday, 7 p.m. versus Portland, will be carried on 8.60 a.m. The answer instead of KDOW. So this week, seminar, January 11th, Palo Alto, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning, 630 to 830, Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Um, I'm going to be talking about global markets. I'm going to be talking about some stocks that I'm buying, some stocks that I like, some stocks that I might give up on. Um, I still own Apple. Um, February 13th is a big day because that's their next annual meeting. I like annual meetings. I go to annual meetings. Um, I do conference calls. Do you do conference calls? I do. I don't do conference calls with people. I, I listen to corporate conference calls, earnings calls. I'm Rob Black. You are not. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. You can sign up for that seminar at newfocusfinancial.com. That's Palo Alto, January 11th, Elks Lodge. That's right around the corner. Retirement income strategies. Use code Rob, uh, Use code radio25 to get in for free. That's radio25. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.